when you encounter a brother who is continuing in a sin after he knows it's a sin, what do you do in such cases as this? At one point, I was attending a church, and I was a member of the singles class at that church, and we had a teacher who was a divorced man as our teacher. Along the way, I heard about his girlfriend, and I went to him, and I said, tell me about this girlfriend. I have heard you have a girlfriend. And he said, yes, yes, I do. None of us had seen her at church. It turned out that he had been going to the bars and picking up women. He was very evasive about this girlfriend. And finally, I point blank said, Are you having sexual intercourse with this girlfriend? And he said, of course. And that was his tone of voice. And I said to him, oh, you know the Bible as well as I do. I can't have anything to do with you. I can't come to your Bible class. I can't go to church with you and sit by you. I can't be with you in any way. And he said, that's right. He didn't care. Here is what Paul says to do with a brother in Christ who is committing sin. 1 Corinthians 5. It is reported commonly that there is fornication among you, and such fornication as is not so much named among the Gentiles that one should have his father's wife. And ye are puffed up and have not rather mourned. Now what does that mean? Well, instead of deep grief over what this person is doing. You're sitting there thinking, I wouldn't do that. How can he think of doing that? I wouldn't do that. See, that's puffed up. But mourning is to be very sad that this is happening. And ye are puffed up and have not rather mourned that he that have done this deed might be taken away from among you. For verily, as absent in body, but present in spirit, Paul says, I have judged already, as though I were present, concerning him that hath so done this deed. Verse 4. In the name of our Lord Jesus Christ, when ye are gathered together in my spirit with the power of our Lord Jesus Christ, to deliver such a one unto Satan for the destruction of the flesh, that the spirit may 
be saved in the day of the Lord Jesus. You don't counsel him. He already knows the truth. He knows this is a sin. He already knows that. So you don't try to counsel him. Instead, Paul says, don't keep company with him. Turn away from him. Turn him over to Satan for the destruction of the flesh. I believe we turn such a person over to Satan by telling him we refuse to keep company with him, just like I did in the case of this teacher. I never saw this man again. I did communicate, I think, by letter once with him or telephone. And what he told me at that time, years later, was fornication was now not a problem for him. And I think he was telling me his flesh had been destroyed and that he couldn't commit fornication because his flesh had been destroyed. Well, Paul says, turn him over to Satan for the destruction of the flesh so that their spirit may be saved in the day of the Lord. I sincerely hope this man's spirit is saved. Then Paul says, Your glorying is not good. Know ye not that a little leaven leaveneth the whole lump? Sin would work its way through the whole congregation if you fail to deal with that sin. Paul says, Purge out therefore the old leaven, that ye may be a new lump. Now you may not have the power to put that person out of the church group because men control the church group. But if God controlled the church group, he'd be put out. You don't counsel the person not to commit the sin when he already knows it's a sin. That won't work. They tried that with Jimmy Swaggart. Jimmy Swaggart was having sex with prostitutes. He was a member of Assembly of God, and he had been ordained by the Assembly of God Church. They tried to counsel him. Swaggart had appeared on his television show with tears running down his face, saying, I have sinned. So they tried counseling him. But see, you're supposed to put him out and not keep company with him. But the Assembly of God leaders didn't do that. They didn't go by the Bible in this situation. About three years later, he was caught with another prostitute. At that point, the Assembly of God leaders defrocked, swaggered. Didn't matter to Swagger, he had a huge television ministry. So far as I know, it didn't affect him at all that the Assembly of God quit acknowledging him. But what you are to do is this. You put that person away from you 
and you refuse to keep company with him. You don't watch his television programs. You don't put yourself at a dinner table where he is located. If you're going by 1 Corinthians 5, as this was going on with Swigert, I had attended a small Assembly of God church in Clovis, New Mexico. The pastor got up in the pulpit and said, we should pray for Brother Swigert and counsel him. And I said, he should be put out of the church. A woman sitting in front of me turned around and just glared at me. But that's what Paul says you have to do. I never went back to that church again. Purge out the old leaven. Put him away from you. And Paul says in verse 8, Therefore let us keep the feast not with old leaven, neither with the leaven of malice and wickedness, but with the unleavened bread of sincerity and truth. Then in verse 9, Paul says, I wrote unto you in an epistle not to keep company with fornicators, yet not altogether with the fornicators of this world, or with the covetous or extortioners, or with idolaters, for then ye must needs go out of the world. But now I have written unto you not to keep company. If any man that is called a brother be a fornicator or covetous or an idolater or a railer or a drunkard or an extortioner, with such a one know not to eat. And he says, therefore, put away from among you that wicked person. I couldn't go to his Bible class. I couldn't go to dinner with him. I couldn't go to a church meeting with this teacher who was committing fornication. Turn him over to Satan for the destruction of the flesh so the spirit may be saved in the day of the Lord. Hebrews 10, 26 through 31. For if we sin willfully, after that we have received the knowledge of the truth, there remaineth no more sacrifice for sins, but a certain fearful looking for of judgment and fiery indignation, which shall devour the adversaries. He that despised Moses' law died without mercy under two or three witnesses. Of how much sore punishment suppose you shall he be thought worthy who hath trodden under foot the Son of God and hath counted the blood of the covenant wherewith he was sanctified and an unholy thing and hath done despot unto the Spirit of grace. For we know him that hath said, Vengeance belongeth unto me, I will recompense, saith the Lord. And again the Lord shall judge his people. It is a fearful thing to fall into the hands of 
the living God. When you encounter a brother who is continuing in a sin, after he knows it's a sin, Paul says, don't keep company with him. Put him away from you. Have nothing to do with him. And that is exactly what we're supposed to do. In 1985, I moved to Clovis, New Mexico, USA, to help my mother. My father had died recently, and I knew she was going to need help. I built two apartments, one for her and one for me, on a small lot which we had in that city. The man who owned the concrete company, who poured all the foundations for the houses, he was a deacon in a Baptist church in Clovis. One day he came to my apartment to discuss some driveway concrete work. And I don't know how he brought the subject up. I can't remember that. But I remember he tried to get me to go to bed with him and have sex with him. I went into another room and got my Bible. And I came back and read these scriptures to him. To flee fornication, 1 Corinthians 6. Every sin a man does is without the body except for fornication. And when if he does that, he sins against his own body. That's in 1 Corinthians 6. After I read the scriptures to him, that man quickly found a reason to leave my apartment. I knew that man's wife and children. And later, other women at that Baptist church told me that this same deacon at that Baptist church tried to have sex with them. What a horrible thing. Can you imagine if he came across a younger woman who didn't know the Bible? And she had a respect for him, and he tried to have sex with her? Warn your children about things like this happening in the church because it does happen. In Hebrews 6, verses 4 through 6, we read, For it is impossible for those who were once enlightened and have tasted the heavenly gift and were made partakers of the Holy Ghost, and have tasted the good word of God and the powers of the world to come, if they shall fall away, it is impossible to renew them again unto repentance, seeing they crucify to themselves the Son of God afresh and put him to an open shame. Go to him, say, I won't be around you anymore because you are sinning against God. I will not 
keep company with you. I won't come to your Bible class. I won't go to church and sit by you. Peter warns us against sinners in the churches. In 2 Peter chapter 2, verses 17 through 22. These are wells without water, clouds that are carried with a tempest, to whom the mist of darkness is reserved forever. For when they speak great swelling words of vanity, they allure through the lust of the flesh, through much wantonness, those that were clean escaped from them who live in error. While they promise them liberty, they themselves are the servants of corruption, for of whom a man is overcome, of the same is he brought into bondage. For if after they have escaped the pollutions of the world, through the knowledge of the Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, they are again entangled and therein overcome, the latter end is worse with them than the beginning. For it had been better for them not to have known the way of righteousness than after they have known it to turn from the holy commandments delivered unto them. Verse 22, But it has happened unto them according to the true proverb, The dog is turned to his own vomit again, and the sow that was washed to her wallowing in the mire. In the last days before Jesus returns, we have many scriptures that talk about Antichrist coming and about the apostate churches. 2 Thessalonians chapter 2, verses 3 and 4, Paul says, Let no man deceive you by any means, for that day of the Lord shall not come except there come a falling away first, and that man of sin be revealed the son of perdition, who opposeth and exalteth himself above all that is called God or that is worshipped, so that he as God sitteth in the temple of God, showing himself to be God. In 1982, God said to me, The falling away are not people leaving the churches. The falling away are the churches leaving the scriptures. We have seen these apostate churches over and over and over where they fall away from scriptures and set up other doctrines so they won't offend people so they can get more people to come to their church. When Jesus comes the second time, he will raise the dead in Christ and send his angels to gather the elect of God who are still alive on this earth and Jesus will destroy Antichrist in the churches and the apostate 
churches. Matthew 24 verses 29 through 31 tells us about the end times. Immediately after the tribulation of those days shall the sun be darkened, and the moon shall not give her light, and the stars shall fall from heaven, and the powers of the heavens shall be shaken. Verse 30. And then shall appear the sign of the Son of Man in heaven, and then shall all the tribes of the earth mourn, and they shall see the Son of Man coming in the clouds of heaven with power and great glory. Now notice it talks about the mourning. Why would they mourn? Why wouldn't they rejoice? Because they are seeking things of this world. Their life is in this world. And when they see Jesus returning through the clouds, they will know this heaven and earth is about to be destroyed by God. Verse 31. And he, Jesus, shall send his angels with a great sound of a trumpet, and they shall gather together his elect from the four winds from one end of heaven to the other, and they will be taken to the new heaven and new earth, which is created by God for the elect of God. And what will happen to the apostate churches when Jesus returns? We are told that in Second Thessalonians chapter 2, verses 8 through 12. And then shall that wicked be revealed, whom the Lord shall consume with the spirit of his mouth, and shall destroy with the brightness of his coming. And with all deceivableness of unrighteousness in them that perish, because they receive not the love of the truth, that they might be saved. They are in churches, but they don't love the scriptures. Therefore, they receive the Antichrist doctrines, which approve sin in the church and sinners in the church without repentance. And for this cause, God shall send them strong delusion that they should believe a lie, that they all might be damned who believed not the truth but had pleasure in unrighteousness. Second Thessalonians chapter 2 verses 8 through 12. Thank you for allowing me to share this with you today.